You are listening to episode 84 of the Game Deflators podcast. This is take three because Ryan and I both suck. My name's John. Here's Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing. And this week, you're stronger than I thought in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Dude, that was the most cliche line that I heard in all of our games that we've ever played. Well, you know that when you're in a gang and somebody betrayed the gang and you got to get to the bottom of it, there's going to be a lot of that. There's going to be a lot of it. So, uh, as always, and and by the way, we're talking about, uh, uh, what do you call it? Beatdown, Fist of Vengeance, I think is the full name, on the Xbox. It's also on the PS2, but this week we reviewed the Xbox version. Uh, But... Let's get to that a little later. Let's talk about what we're currently playing. Ryan, you can kick it off. Okay, so everybody, everybody, welcome to the Game Deflators podcast, where John talks about games he's recently picked up, and John talks about games he's currently playing, and I dabble in Monster Train on the side a little bit. I also played some Beat Saber for the first time this week, and that was super awesome, and uh, VR is really cool, and if you have VR, you're, you're a cool person. Because you have that, it makes you cool. And if you have VR games like me, but no VR, you're an idiot. Yes. Yeah. Or an, or a, a forward-looking thinker. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, well, hold on. Since you said, you know, if you're new to the Game of Flavors podcast, of course, you're now catching us on some sort of podcast application. For those that uh, are just catching us, you can find us on Podbean, Podcast Addict, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Anywhere podcasts are found, you'll find us there. And Ryan, where can the people find us outside of podcast applications? Uh, you can find us online at The Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at Game Deflators on Twitter because they don't like the. And uh, you can check out our website, thegamedeflators.com. Don't judge us, folks. It's still being built, kind of. So it's 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 almost there, Ryan. Like, I've just got to I just got to get unlazied and listen to all of our backlog of episodes which you should listen to if you're not catching us and uh really look at all the reviews we've done pop in pictures mess with the podcast settings on that website itself there's a lot of work to do but i'm slowly getting there we'll we'll get to it it'll get there uh but continue on with what you're currently playing dude uh that's it that's that's literally all i did i have not had a very big gaming week this week i uh i mean other than the news that we'll get to later about the PS5, that was probably the biggest gaming moment I had this week. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've just been doing other things. I'm trying to redo my room upstairs and get it rearranged and clean out my closet. I found a ton of stuff in my closet going through it that I completely forgot about. And I also found, like, nine extra micro USB cords just laying around in boxes and, like, old VGA cables and stuff. And it's like... I remember why I was holding on to this, but now I don't think I need to anymore. Like, I think I'm past this tech. Well, if you looked in uh, my closet, you'd find wires for consoles that I don't own. Uh, Probably 10 or 12 SNES, well, really Nintendo AV hookups. Mm -hmm. Um, AC adapters for God knows what. It's all over the place, man. That's what happens when you start collecting cables. Yeah, well, I mean, extra wires are never going to be a problem if uh, you buy something and it's missing them. It's always a good problem to have is extra wires. For sure. I remember a while back, we were like, hey, we need to get an SNES cable hooked up here. I'm like, hold on. And I had like six that I picked up in a box of cables, and they all had plastic wrap on them still. They were third party, obviously. But yeah, it gets that point, man. 
Uh, okay, so it's safe to assume that Ryan didn't pick up anything this week. Nope. Not even the PlayStation games on PS Plus? No, I nope. think th they were crappy this month, right? No, you had Call of Duty. The new Call of Duty was on there. Remember? Mm, still not excited, really. Still not excited? Nah. Disappointing, disappointing, Ryan. Okay, so uh, my pickups are a little more eventful. Uh, last week, if you didn't catch the episode, we played uh, Katamari Damacy on the PS2. Oh, and I did try playing that uh, Japanese Katamari game, and I did the like the tutorial like three times because I couldn't figure out how to not do the tutorial again. When Ryan says Japanese Katamari, um, because Katamari is super Japanese to begin with, he's referring to an actual Japanese copy. I picked up copy. a Japanese version on my Vita while I was in Japan. And, yeah. and I was like, oh, this will be like a game that I can play without having to read. And it's like, man, there's a lot of text and I have no idea what's happening. I was like, like had my phone with Google Translate trying to like scan the words and it's like, giving me back like romanji and i'm like this is not helping so he's sitting there like okay when do we get to the ball part where i could just start rolling and collecting things that's all i need well, to know this one was weird like not only did you have the ball but you could make the ball like into like a flat like rolling pin shape oh, that's cool. or you could squinch it in and make it like a tall vertical like wheel where you push it yeah so it's like it kept the same rolling mechanics and everything but you could just make it short and wide or tall and skinny or a ball and it just kind of like you, there was a lot of times that we were especially in the battle mode mm -hmm. or the two-player verse mode where it's like there's stuff up above me and i don't know how to hit my katamari into it like i better roll into something and get one side a little wonky and try to make a pass but this makes it so you can just like get that stuff gotcha. and i would like to figure out how to get past the tutorial because like love the music love the art style would love to be in more than just this one room collecting the same things again this is why i don't buy japanese games unless they're fighting games or shoot 'em ups yeah that it's just always been an issue for me at least and, and many gamers uh but so we played katamari damacy last week on ps2 so catch that episode it was a lot of fun and i decided well uh, are there any other katamari games i don't own turns out i don't own katamari um forever katamari and I don't own Beautiful Katamari, and I didn't own Katamari Reroll on the Switch. So, of course, I went ahead and picked up Katamari Reroll. It was the most accessible. Got a new copy, and uh, I had my five bucks on my GameStop account from Pro Membership, all the stupid five bucks things that they're doing now. So I got five bucks taken off that, and I also picked up Fairy Tale Fights on the PlayStation 3. It's becoming a little harder to find. This copy was in pristine condition, so I grabbed that. And we also picked up Paranormal Activity on the PS4. So this was an interesting story. Uh, I've been looking for this game for a while. They had it at Best Buy, and several years ago, I just never picked it up. I was like, eh, you know, it's a VR game. I'm not going to buy any VR games because I don't have VR. Well, now it seems like I'm buying just VR games. And the game is like 15 bucks on Best Buy's website. And so I ordered it, and it was like, it's delayed. It's on backlog, blah, blah, blah. It says sold out on the website. When I ordered it, there was definitely one in stock. So I'm like, okay, I'm hoping I didn't have a glitch in the system and accidentally ordered something that they didn't have stock of. So I was so frustrated. I ended up picking up a copy on Amazon as well for like 27 bucks. Uh, the game's going for like 40, typically. So picked up on Amazon and I get it from Amazon. It's got a huge crack in it. Like literally the game just has like, it looks like somebody took clippers and just like cut it and it cracked all the way down the middle. Like the disc? The disc, yeah. What? I don't know. And the case was all bent out of shape. So I did an immediate return of Amazon. They shipped me a new copy. That one's in like, like new condition, not good condition. So that's good to know. 
all the artwork, everything else. And in my Best Buy copy, randomly came in. Hmm. So, like, I wasn't expecting it. Didn't say it's being shipped. I was shipped. wondering you had two of it, but then it's like you've bought so many multiple copies of other VR titles. I kind of wasn't surprised. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, with it going as much as it is, and I got it for 15 bucks. It's not a bad idea for me to sell the copy that's new since now, you know, I bought the Amazon one out of the whole idea of, well, if they didn't, you know, if Best Buy didn't ship it, at least I get a copy while it's still available for less than 40, 50 bucks. So I got a new copy for $15 roughly. And because of a delay, Best Buy didn't charge me shipping. So it's just 15 plus tax. So I got that. And then I also purchased Home Sweet Home. I don't know if I mentioned that last week, um, but that's a PS4 VR game. And I also got... It looks um, freaky on the back of the box. Yeah, it does, dude, for sure. There was another Switch game I got. I can't recall offhand uh, which one it was. Uh, but it was like cutesy art style type of platformer. Um, I'll look it up first later. And the other one I got was Godzilla on PS4. Complete in box, like new. GameStop had a copy. 65 bucks plus tax. I mean, the game's going for like 200 bucks right now. You can't beat it <laughs> if you're buying a game at, you know, 70 bucks for, you know, well under half the price. So I picked that one up as well, and uh, yeah, that one I'll probably trade off for something else that I want, like Gravity Rush or something along those lines, uh, which I think may have dropped in price, so I may be able to get something like Devil's Third instead. Oh, we'll God. See. Yeah. Dude, I'm I, surprised you don't already own that. Devil's Third? Yeah. Dude, I wanted that uh, a while back, well, about four or five years ago, some of the GameStops in our local area had it, and every time I tried to put order, somebody would pick it up right away, mm. and it was going at that time for like 60 bucks. I was just like, eh, you know, it's 60 bucks. I don't want to spend that. I'll find it when I find it. Now it's going for like $180. Like, you can't miss the boat, folks. Like, when something seems like it's going to go, trust your instincts. Use the force. John does this all the time. Yeah, I mean, and that's honestly one of the things that sucks about collecting because you'll buy stuff and you'll look at it from a standpoint of, and I don't look at it from a financial value, right? I Kind of. So I look at it from the aspect of, is this something I want to play down the road? And what is it currently selling for? And what is it selling for online at this point? Like, do I see it trending up? Kind of what we discussed on our inflation deflation. So if I see a game like, um, you know, Devil's Third in the future, and the game is going for 40, 50 bucks, and I know it's obscure, I'm just going to pick it up. You know, and it's one of those things of when you look at money down the road, in a year or two, that 50 bucks is not going to have mattered in a year or two. But if the game goes up to 180 and you're like, okay, cool, I really want to play this now. Now you're looking at spending three times what you would have if you just bit the bullet and paid the 50 bucks yeah. the year or two before. So that's kind of the issue we run into. And then Home Sweet Home is one of those that I looked at. It was an exclusive to, I think it was GameStop. So I believe it was a GameStop exclusive title. And it's selling for like 35 to $45 right now, right? But when you look at games like Gravity Rush, when you look at Godzilla, other titles that had limited runs, um, super low print, obviously, exclusive to specific vendors, those games typically go up. Paranormal Activity is a prime example. That game is actually a Best Buy exclusive. It wasn't sold anywhere else. It's a super low print run. So why would I not buy that for 15 bucks or 20 bucks now? Could it go down to 10 bucks next year? Sure. Will it? Probably not. And the chances of it going up are probably a little better. And at the end of the day, that 15, 20 bucks I spent a week ago, two years is going to be nothing. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to have regret spending 20 bucks, you know, three years ago. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's kind of my outlook on it. So if you're getting into collecting or 
you know, that's something you're interested in doing. I, I would say kind of hold off right now on a lot of these like Sega Saturn titles that are at astronomical rates. I don't think those are going to stay. And I, I don't think a lot of people consider they're going to stay that way. Plus, you have Disc Rot associated with Saturn games. They're notoriously cheaper games, uh, lower quality, I think, compared to like the PlayStation discs. So you're going to run into Disc Rot down the road. And that $1,000 you spent on that Panzer Dragoon Saga is totally not worth it at that point. It's a so, pretty box. Yeah. All right. I'm off my soapbox, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> into what I'm currently playing. Uh, I'm still playing Arc Lab 3. I am on mission 86. I decided to just forego all of the missions. So my initial plan was let me just do every mission that I can and, you know, try to complete every mission 100%. I ran into one where it was just like no matter how much I tried, it just I could not get more than okay on the mission. I'm like, I'm sick of having to reset go through the dialogue start the mission over i did it three times i said screw it so once i hit okay and didn't fail i moved on and after that i was like man i'm almost at like 53 hours on this game like not that i want it to be done because i like the game and i like the story but there's too many missions at this point and for me to have to go through every single one of them and each mission takes like 25 30 minutes so the fact that i was at mission like 76 and there's like, like 100 minutes out of like 102. I'm like, that's like 15 extra hours of gameplay. Or I could cut it down and I could just do the core missions at this point and play the game for the story and enjoy it. Yeah. And so that's what I decided to do. I'm not 100%ing this game like I initially intended. And I'm enjoying it, man. Like, it's still just as good. The story's progressing. Uh, right now, we are trying to seal the Dark One who's going to be summoned again in the game. So if you played the first two, you know that there's the Dark One. Uh, who pretty much, you know, it's, it's pretty much this entity that would destroy the world. Uh, so this is the third time we're trying to seal the Dark One, and we're trying to build the Ark like they did in the first game. And to build the Ark, you have to get certain components like Two Eternal... Two of every animal. Yeah, like, well, kind of. So, like, Eternal Steel, Eternal, um, Eternal Tree, and a couple other things, like, just different objects to make up this Ark that are powerful enough to seal that entity mm -hmm. so uh, really that's kind of a mission right now it's pretty cool it's taking an awesome turn i'm getting to see all of the older characters from the different games of um you know arc lad one and two they've kind of delved a little more into the story of arc the lad one and two and the sacrifices made by certain characters in those titles so it's really cool it's got a lot of nostalgia going for me right now and i'm enjoying it uh so i should have that beat hopefully by june 19th because uh yeah, once Last of Us 2 kicks off here, that's directly what I'm jumping into. And uh, I finally beat Neverwinter Nights. So I think you talked about that last week. Uh, no, because I just beat it on, like, Wednesday or Thursday. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Maybe you were talked about you were getting close. I'm to getting it. close to it, yeah. So we finally beat Neverwinter Nights. My wife and I were done with it. We have moved on to Lumo on the PS4, which is like a cutesy, puzzle-based, uh, retro-type game. Uh, where you get sucked into a video game and you play as a baby wizard with a wand hmm. and you have to just go through various puzzles. So it has, um, you know, pushing boxes, hitting levers, jumping from platform to platform. It's actually pretty cool. It's only like a four or five hour game. But the only thing I don't like is the camera angles in that game. So that's what makes it the most difficult uh, piece of it. So you'll have like it's like a third person style puzzle game kind of like a marble madness in a sense like that same type of physics and in, in the viewpoint that you have like new new marble madness not like old and so you're trying to like control your character to do certain puzzle type aspects of the game but 
when you're jumping, you don't always like, you can't gauge the jump correctly. So you might be trying to jump from one corner to the other corner, and it's difficult unless you can see the shadow at the last moment of your character yeah. to be able to hit those corners. Gotta so, have that drop shadow. Yeah, so they have like two modes. They have like classic mode where you have lives, and then they have just like a free play mode where mm. you just play the game and you have fun and you can die in limited times. So that's what we're doing. We didn't want to screw with classic mode. Uh, but it's fun, and you have like different things that you collect, like uh, cassette tapes that you can collect, coins and bonus levels that you can randomly find, and then you have rubber duckies you can collect. And it's great because every time the rubber ducky squeaks uh, when you get it, my dog looks up like, "Where's the toy?" Oh, like nice. every single time. So it's awesome. So the dog, like, funny enough, has been like watching us play this game. It's a family game. It, it's a family game, and the uh, the audio and the music is just like phenomenal. Like I'm absolutely shocked by everything like it's got a heavy bass going for it it's got like really cool music in the background like it's super relaxing and it's a lot of fun so uh i would definitely recommend it's like 10 bucks for this game so if you're in that type of game uh definitely pick up lumo on ps4 and i think it's on switch now too cool so yeah all right that was a lot dude i had a good week of gaming yeah well i mean that's that's why we do this podcast together so i can listen to you talk in person all the time oh, there we go it's, <laughs> it's my... way better than listening you talk you know from elsewhere yeah that's that's true um you know just don't let your wife know that you come here just to hear me talk because <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a recipe right there for the couch so this week in the news before we get to the big news about the ps5 we've got a follow-up to an article we talked about uh, a few months ago about uh, nintendo they had some account breaches through their nnid login system that was connected to people's like uh nintendo's accounts and ds accounts and switch accounts and when they first announced it they said it was like oh like 140,000 people or something well now they're saying it's like 300,000 people it's still not like a majority of people that had switch because it was only people who were kind of bringing that nnid login over so if uh, for any reason you have not tried to contact Nintendo and you feel like your information may have been taken, I'm pretty sure there's links in this article on how to follow up on that. And this article, by the way, is by Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. Thanks, Tom. And so what I would urge, actually, is even if uh, you don't know or, you know, you don't feel you're affected, still check it out. Uh, you know, 300 is a pretty significant number regardless. And when you also consider Nintendo initially said 150,000 and it was double, can we really trust Nintendo in their numbers right now? I mean, I I would just, you know, caution. Yeah, it's only it if anyways. you had the NNID. Yeah. If, if you don't even know what that is, you're probably totally fine. You should probably still double check, though, because you may not know you have an NNID or it's probably just good to double check on these things. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you know how it is, man. Credit card breaches and all that stuff. Like, it's crazy. You, it should, you should always double check whenever there's something like this occurring and you may be affected. Yeah. Me and my wife, we, we lost a, uh, a credit card to a Facebook ad a few years ago. Wait, what? Yeah. How does that even work? Well, when I got this, uh, this nice Hydro Flask here, uh -huh. Hydro Flask doesn't make two-tone. This is like a knockoff BS Hydro Flask. Does it say Hydro Flask on it? Yeah. 
I mean, oh and, yeah, it's got the logo and everything. Yeah, and they totally like stole our credit card, so we had to like cancel that card and stuff for this water bottle. Ryan it's a has good a water bottle. Ryan has a fake hydro flask. I got a real one. Uh, mine was given to me though by a company. Yeah, don't buy stuff off of uh, Facebook ads, folks. Well, I've actually bought stuff off Facebook ads before, but I use PayPal, so mm. PayPal gives you extra level of security. Yeah, which is kind of nice versus just popping in your credit card. So. Uh, caution to people put in your PayPal account instead if you have one and if you don't have a PayPal account make a PayPal account be a John be not a, John. a Ryan yeah be a John not a Ryan <laughs> okay so uh, alright cool on Nintendo stuff let's get into the big stuff man uh, Sony had their uh, their huge game thing that they did PS5 reveal yeah the big reveal and uh, cool enough it actually broke some records I believe uh, IGN recently put out that they had like a million Twitch streams. They had like two million YouTube streams. Like it's crazy how many people are streaming this. Uh, so it definitely shows that despite the fact that Sony has had some pretty crappy, you know, lead up to this and, uh, you know, didn't do a very good job marketing up front. It seems like they may have kind of helped themselves out a bit just showcasing these games. And of course, the final reveal at the end of the, uh, the stream of the actual console itself. We've got plenty to talk about on that. Before we start, what's kind of your just overall impression of this event yeah like do you think that they they did well like if this was a normal year and uh sony wasn't gonna be at e3 anyways like if there was gonna be a normal e3 going on would this have been a good presentation yeah 100 percent, man I, I think it was it it opens up with the uh the president and ceo you know, just kind of talking about what's going on with the PlayStation and how this is going to further, you know, gaming and how this is a huge entry into like the next level or next generation. And he's just like, all right, enough about about that. Let's show you games. I'm like, that's what people want to see, right? They want to see the hardware. They want to see the price point. But at the end of the day, with Sony, it's always been the games. Yeah, right? it's always about the play? games. And like, I know a lot of these are going to be multi-platform uh, for sure. I mean, like Resident Evil is not going to be like just Sony, uh, but they did a good job, I felt. Like, overall, we got to see gameplay. We got to see the console, finally. We didn't see a price point, but we also got to hear from some developers in, in a sense of what's going on with this. And it had, like, a like a really modern type of futuristic feel to it, the whole, like, stream. I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that they did a good job with the pacing. Like, that's one thing that, like, the live conferences can fall victim to sometimes is, like, they get somebody who works at one of these developers to come out on stage and they're excited and they want to share their game and they want to talk about it and the energy's up. And then they bring out like some CEO or like some business dude to talk about something and it just drops the whole energy. Like when you just got like this montage of, you know, different games kind of interspersed with all of this, like, I thought it was a little much like... I liked the, like, really leaning into the iconography of the, you know, controller buttons, you know, mm -hmm. lots of squares and triangles and X's and stuff on, like, these big walls and, like, the the rumbling of all of the... the they look like those little jelly beads. Yeah. They look like walls of those jelly beads. Like, those visuals were really cool, and it kind of really brought me back to... I remember working at Target and watching, like, the PS3 real and it was all this like black inky sludge that like turned into like you know cars racing and stuff so i love that kind of futuristic you know 
black and white with like that little bit of the blue in there and seeing some of that familiar iconography. It was a really slick design to it. And uh, I mean, it really led up to something that's a new slick design for sure. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so where do we want to start with this? So uh, obviously we both like the show. Uh, let me pull up my notes. So I pretty much like it was like school, dude. I was sitting back watching it and typing notes as I uh, as I watched every trailer. Mm-hmm. So I think this uh, we got pulled up a website here. So this was uh, inverse.com. Uh, they've actually got all the trailers. So check them out. And they've also got some. Uh, some testimonials from different, not testimonials, that, that's the wrong word, but quotes from different organizations. Yeah, so. just different people. We're mostly just using yeah. this as a list so that we could see everything that was announced. Real quick before we start, because this list definitely isn't in chronological order of the reveal. So, so, so I have the chronological order of the reveal, actually. So you want to go through that one instead? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is literally like my chronological order. Okay, so uh, we yeah. opened up with... Spider-Man. No. No, it opened up with Spider-Man. Grand Theft Auto V. Oh, okay, fine. Okay, so does that, really, Auto, does that really count? Grand Theft Auto V is going to be a PS3 game, a PS4 game, and probably a launch title for the PS5. Man, are they milking their money out of this. But what I heard was that supposedly if you buy the console at launch, you just get GTA five for it for yeah, free. That's what they had mentioned on there. I, I missed that opening bit. I, yeah. when I watched the, and then they said that PS four owners leading up to the launch of the PS five version would get a million, uh, GTA, a million dollars GTA cash every month until launch. So, I mean, you're looking at what? $5 million GTA cash, whatever that equates to. I, I don't, don't I don't know. I don't play GTA. Yeah. So I, I, I think <laughs> that it's, it's an interesting thing to do. I think it's a good thing to do for people that like, I mean, there's got to be nobody left that doesn't own GTA five. I mean, it was just free on Epic like a few weeks ago or last month or something. Mm-hmm. So like anybody that didn't have this game and had a good enough PC to play it already got it. Anybody that owns a PS three or a PS four, if they wanted this game, they would probably already have it. So it's uh, this is like Rockstar saying, eh, "We don't want to. We're not going to have a GTA right Six now. for a while, so we'll let you play it on here, so you don't forget what it's like." Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. So that's why I'm like, I don't consider this part of the reveal. Like, yeah, it's cool. GTA Five is going to be on PS Five. So if you didn't buy it on PS Three or PS Four, you'll get it on PS Five. And you'll get it for free, which is cool. Which again, I don't really consider that part of a reveal. So. I digress. Let's go into the actual reveals, Ryan. And they kicked it off with Spider-Man, Miles Morales. So, the, so oh, go on, go on. Well, so I I wanted to say this because I was just giving John some misinformation earlier. There's been some confusion out there. Some people are saying that this isn't going to be a full game. It's just going to be an add-on to uh, the other Spider-Man game that just came out last year. But that is not true. It is, uh, I got it here from Engadget that it is going to be a standalone game. So don't think that it's not. Like, I don't really know where people started getting that idea, but it's going to be a full game. Well, it's going to be a dope looking game. I mean, that last Spider-Man game was so killer. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen that movie like three times now. Oh yeah, everybody's behind Miles Morales as being like an awesome new take on Spider-Man and it's like really 
an interesting thing because not all like comic book movie video game adaptations really work super well. Spider-Man has always kind of been one of those big... Well, not always. We've played some crappy Spider-Man games. Yeah, we, we have. But, uh, you know, the last few and, like, uh, Spider-Man 2 on PS3 or I whatever. I think Spider-Man 2 came in on PS1 as well. Yeah, that was supposed to be really good. I'm excited for to see this next generation. Like, if they've already been able to make those games feel that good and now they have all this new tech behind it, like, they'll probably make the best Spider-Man game ever. Like, well, maybe one of the best comic book games ever. And I, by the way, I think where people are getting the idea that this is just an add-on is I'm pretty sure Miles Morales, I haven't fully played. I think he's in that first yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. So I think he's in the first one, like a cameo type thing. Mm -hmm. So people are probably thinking, oh, they're just going to add on. No, like, why would you make an add-on and make those? Like, they're yeah, to like a two-year-old game now. Yeah, they're going to make tons of money off this game. And I mean, if, if Into the Spider-Verse, if you haven't seen it, is any indication of Sony's direction with this character this game is going to be sick. Yeah. Like, it's going to be amazing. And, uh, yeah. And he so, can do stuff that regular Spider-Man can't do, so it's like, I know that there's probably, like, a bunch of extra spider powers, like, in the game, because it's like, you got to have some new stuff to unlock. I'm sure that it'll be a similar but different take. And the other thing is, are we going to get, like, that Spider-Verse type of, you know, play in here as well, because it is Miles Morales. Are they going to jump that in? The trailer, um, you know, initially has him punching through what kind of looks like glass or breaking out of something, right? That, to me, felt like Spider-Verse right off the bat. Mm. And so I'm excited for this one. This is actually one that I will play. I didn't play the other one. It Spider-Man in general doesn't always pique my interest, despite it being a great game. This does. Yeah. Like, right off the bat. Like, I want to play as Miles Morales. So... Yeah, that's the first one that we had. Uh, the second game, I, I think I missed one here, was uh, Gran Turismo 7. Uh, oh, no, 6, right? Yeah. Gran Turismo 6? Yeah, so Gran Turismo uh, has a new entry coming out. No, it's 7, dude. Oh, it <laughs> is 7. I'm thinking 6. Because we don't play. We don't play Gran Turismo. We don't Turismo. play Gran Turismo. I haven't played a Gran Turismo since 3, and I loved it. It was one of my favorite Gran Turismo games. And was I that played... the one that I had on my demo disc? Probably, yeah. Like, I have a red copy here that came with the red PS2, or red PS2 box. So they initially had a Gran Turismo bundle years ago with the PlayStation 2, and it had a full, like, bright red box with Gran Turismo on it, and then it came with um, a red case mm -hmm. for Gran Turismo. So I've had that one for years, uh, wherever it may be. Yep, you can see it there. That's, yeah, my, original, it. that's my original copy. Um, so, yeah, I haven't played one since 3, and then I did play the PS3 version, like, before it came out officially, the newest Gran Turismo, they had, like, a demo on the PlayStation 3, <clears throat> kind of like the the Silent Hill game yeah. that they had, where PT. It, yeah, PT was like you played it and they took it off. Similar situation, they had a Gran Turismo game where it was just like a few trials that you could do, and it was pretty cool. Like graphically, it was awesome. But that's honestly like three was the last like full blown. I went all in and played it, and then that was the last time I played it was on PS3. Like got a taste of next gen in a sense. Yeah, this actually looks pretty good but well, it's a gran turismo game yeah i mean that's one of those things like a realistic racer like gran turismo or forza is going to show off like all of the engine stuff under the hood that you want to see a console like you want to see glistening sunlight on a dewy road with blades of grass and people whipping by at 90 like that's what these types of games are really for mm -hmm. you know i mean besides 
the love of those type of games for those audiences but i don't know it just didn't really do much for me like i was so much more stoked for uh the forza game at the xbox reveal where they had like the lego car and stuff come out like I thought that that was way cooler. I, this well, just isn't my genre. It doesn't really pique my interest, but it looked really good. Well, here's the thing. Like, exactly. It's not your genre. <clears throat> and, I mean, it really isn't my genre either. But, I mean, Gran Turismo really has kind of become, like, or it always has been, that driving simulator, right? Yeah. So you're looking at it from a simulator aspect, not necessarily. It's fun, right? It's fun to drive those cars, but you're looking at it from more of a that dream of I'm not going to get like a Maserati or I'm yeah. not going to get like a Porsche, right? Uh, this allows you to kind of customize and kind of live that dream through a simulator. Now I am going to mention here, I want to mention it later, but there was no mention of VR in this presentation. Yeah, and that can, was pointed out. <laughs> but can you imagine this game though, in particular in VR, that would be sick to yeah. do like Gran Turismo driving simulator with VR and a wheel in hand, like, that would be amazing. Like just that go would driving. Be a lot of fun. Well, yeah, you could. Except like, just go actually go somewhere. Except I can't go ninety something miles an hour and crash into other high end cars. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I, I could I, do that in Gran Turismo. Yeah. All right. Well, what's next? Okay. So next on our wonderful list is one of my favorite series, uh, Ratchet and Clank. Yes. Oh. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. This game looks so cool and so fun. Like I have really fond memories of playing. I only ever played the first one. Oh, I played like all of them. Yeah, it was it was a great series. Like the reboot a few years ago with the movie was supposed to be good. I never saw the movie. The movie was good. But uh, this is like, I heard somebody saying, I can't remember who it was. It might have been the completionist saying that like, this looks like a game kind of like, and I think we should actually do an episode to talk more about these type of things. But like that launch title that is there to like demo all of the stuff that the console can do in a similar way to like Gran Turismo, but with a more of a different appeal. Like this looks like Cameo for the Xbox 360 or Knack for the PS4? PS4, yeah. Yeah, like one of those type of games. Like this looks like it's going to be that launch day game that's going to be like, wow, like, Look at all this. Like, look look at these innovations. Like, that kind of grappling the rift and pulling it towards you. Like, that's very much like the the teleporting in, like, VR. Like, in VR, you can't walk around everywhere. So, you kind of just, like, point in a direction and move your thumbstick and just kind of appear there. Mm -hmm. But, like, that instantaneous, like, boom, you're there. Like, effects like that that are going to be, like, really high speed and, like, take advantage of that new floppy SSD that they got in there. Like, that's that's good stuff right there. Yeah, Ratchet & Clank has always been a favorite of mine. Uh, one of the better parts of Ratchet & Clank is the sarcasm that's tied into it. Uh, just a lot of the comedy. There's a lot of slapstick involved in here, too. It's not, you know, there's some raunchy stuff mentioned, but it's not, like way above you know like super raunchy like it's always been fun we'll see what happens now that they have ratchet ratchets is that, is that what they're calling it right that's now? that's what they're calling her and I, i've been told that porn already exists yeah i know i, I was reading some <laughs> tweets yesterday it was something like she hasn't even been out two minutes and people are already making porn like oh dude i'm sure that like there's some very talented artists out there 
that are just like watching their computers just waiting for like the newest thing and they're gonna be like I'm gonna put boobs on this yeah when we start talking about the uh, volcano high school I bet there's already like tons of porn on that one and, yeah. and DeviantArt uh, or wherever they put porn I have no idea so yeah no Ratchet is uh, when my wife and I were watching it we're just like you know watching this trailer and at the end I'm just like who the hell is that I'm like, where did this come from? And it's just like this cool new character. Well, and I don't remember, like, isn't part of Ratchet's background that he's like the only yeah, whatever I, I he think, is? I want to say he is. Or was is. that Jack? I, it was one of those one of those platformer shooter games that came out back in the day, either this or Jack and Dexter. They were like the last of their whatever they are. I honestly don't remember. Uh, it's been a few years since I played a Ratchet and Clank game. I think the last one I played was on PS3 because mm -hmm. PS4, they rebooted everything. Uh, so, yeah, I don't recall offhand, but that I could definitely... give some significance to that if that's true. If I have no I idea what remember. I'm talking about, let me know somewhere on the internet, maybe at uh, Game Deflators at Twitter or The Game Deflators on Instagram and just be like, Ryan, no, you're wrong. Yeah, look at Ryan doing the plugs. Uh, yeah, so I don't recall offhand, but Ratchet and Clank has always been near and dear to my heart. I definitely want to play this one. Uh, it's definitely going to be maybe not a day one because obviously if I don't have a PS5, I'm not going to buy it. Uh, but it's definitely a game I'm going to play. Hey, it hasn't stopped you from buying PSVR games. Okay, good point. <laughs> Moving on, uh, we've got, I think this actually is now in chronological, yeah, it should be chronological order now. Uh Project Athia. So it's a Squaresoft game that is apparently exclusive to the PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5. Sorry. Yeah, it's got your walking around this like really lush, beautiful world and you're using like like druid looking powers, like summoning vines and like, uh, like there's some big dragon at the end that's all yeah. kind of like it had a very like when your character's like, feel. and your character's moving like super fast, jumping from like stone to stone in different areas. So uh, they got a little bit of gameplay mixed in there uh, overall. It, obviously, it's a project. Uh, you know, projects are... I'm always weary about these only because they say, hey, project whatever, and then like a year from now, we won't ever hear about it again. So that's kind of what scares me about these things. It looks beautiful. Uh, it definitely looks like something I'd, I'd want to see more of, uh, but I am like really cautious to get excited about something like this just because we don't even have a title it's just project yeah it's and it kind of had uh a similar i noticed this between some of the games that were announced and i kind of made a note like there's a lot of these games that were announced that look like you know lush beautiful outdoor exploring kind of type games like the the open world genre has just been so big this last console generation that I'm going to be real excited to see like what they can do to push that genre forward. Cause so many of those games start to feel kind of samey and people start to kind of get over that, like climb a tower, reveal part of the map, go here, do it again. You know, you kind of get into that Assassin's Creed far cry. Uh, I mean, they even did it in breath of the wild, you know, I didn't see anything that showed me how is this going to be a different experience. And then Project Athea, I think that showed like similar to the Unreal 5 yeah. trailer we got mm -hmm. a few weeks ago where like she just kind of does like a massive jump and like covers like a lot of distance really quickly. Like I think being able to go through these open worlds in like 
uh, a faster, more aggressive banner might make them kind of change up because it's like you don't always have a car depending on what type of fantasy you're in. So like being able to have a big, massive world that you could still navigate easily and quickly and in fun new ways, I think that could kind of pull this in an interesting direction. Yeah, I agree, man. And it it kind of had like a Souls feel to it as well, like that Dark Souls type of feel or, mm. or Demon Souls, really, uh, type of feel to it. So I'm excited for it, but I'm, you know, kind of holding my breath on it just in case. And... I'm really excited overall with this next generation to see the cinematic experiences. So that's one of the key things I noticed is that a lot of these games were hinging more on storytelling components in their trailers and the cinematics versus more We didn't gameplay. get a lot of gameplay. Yeah, we got some gameplay for some of these games, but Yeah. I mean if if they can Always good gameplay is is should be the number 1 or don't include any and just go all story. Yeah, exactly. So I do like the approach that they took for a lot of these trailers. Obviously, a lot of these are still in development. They're not supposed to be out till end of year or even 2021 and 2022. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, from a cinematic standpoint, everything looked great so far. And that's considering it was streaming from YouTube onto my 4K. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. All right. The next one that we saw was, uh, let me just double check. It's on my list. No, this is not in chronological order. Returnal. So uh, Returnal was the next game. Divisive. People are being divisive about this one. Well, the name is stupid. I like the name. The name is dumb, Ryan. The name is totally something I would say, and that's why I love it. You would use the word Returnal? Yes, for no, sure. you would not. I totally would. Oh, my God. Well, either way, I thought it was a very dumb name. Uh, the overall gameplay on Returnal, it... I don't know, man. It just kind of looked to me like entry into the PS5. Like it oozed, you know, first title for the game type of thing. Like it just didn't feel to me like anything that was new or different. The, the gameplay was not imaginative that they showed no. off. It's just a third person running around shooting guns with different colored bullets. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, now, the story component that they had, that cinematic component was really cool. And so that piqued my interest. And then, of course, they jump into this whole like third person colorful bullets you know okay i've seen this done a million times already what are you offering that's new so the story seems pretty cool the idea of returnal kind of has me thinking a death loop type of thing where you like she says breaking the cycle yeah. is kind of the key thing there so it's like all right are we going to seriously be in another like death loop type situation for a cinematic story where we're going to hear the same thing over and over see like what's going on here i'm hoping that this is going to be like some cool next gen take on like a triple a third person shooter take on a roguelike because they showed off her running around with like a few different weapons and you know roguelikes you need to be able to understand like the gear that you're getting has to be able to like piece together in interesting ways to develop like you know some deeper synergies in the game that you could take advantage of to have like more or less successful runs with the rng involved and when she's talking about like this planet seems different every time i come back or every time i start again it's like it could be a really cool way of like having a roguelike where it's not necessarily the same kind of generic layout over and over again but like actually having like different skybox you know different terrain different places different 
weapons in different places and it's like oh that's the purple gun i gotta go grab that purple gun because i'm gonna do like a purple gun run or whatever like that's kind of the vibe that i would like to see from that i don't necessarily know if it's gonna go that way but it could be cool i'll pick it up when it's in the bargain bin returnal five dollars um you probably will never get that low okay so uh the next big one was Sackboy: a big adventure Ryan, I, have you played the Little Big Planet series? I got Little Big Planet when I got my PS3, and I probably played it like for a few hours, and that's it ever. So this trailer to me, seeing the gameplay, seeing the colors and everything tied to it, very Mario-like for Sony. Everybody's saying Mario 3D World. Yeah, and that's or 3D Land. That's something Sony's been missing for a very long time to try and jump into that other group so that that family group those mm -hmm. kids that want to play this is a title that gets those kids there to pick up a playstation versus a nintendo now obviously nintendo's got mario you're never really going to replace that but this really is a title that it's only on playstation it's got that cutesy type of look to it Sackboy's probably the cutest thing they have on the console or really the playstation universe i'm excited for this like i totally want to play this game and uh it's it might honestly be a pre-order for me. See, this is something that I find kind of weird. Like, I've heard people talking a lot about uh, it looks just like, you know, a Mario 3D Land. It's looking like it's going to be just a focused platformer and take away those, like, other little big planet, like, creative elements. I don't understand why. Like, we're in a post-Super uh, Mario Maker world like yeah. after mario maker one and two were so successful like if you want to make like a 3d platformer more kind of nintendo-y approach keep those creative tools in there well they haven't to, said they haven't removed them well they didn't show any they of didn't it. show any of that so yeah but it's that, not to say that they should won't. it should stay in there for sure like i've heard people speculating that it's not gonna be that but i think that especially like if people want to get creative and build levels, like th that's like a very successful like genre in and of itself at this point, almost. Yeah, pretty much. Like, who doesn't want like more maker games? Give me a Zelda maker, <laughs> please. No, uh, no. But Little Big Planet has had that for years. I mean, they were before Mario Maker. They yeah, were making they kind games. of built that idea. Yeah, exactly. So there's Nintendo, you know, copying other people's ideas and then passing off as as their own. So yeah, Media Molecule has been on top of this for years. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're jumping into what is really a different approach now with Sackboy and kind of making him that that icon that they've needed for like that kid type of friendly video game. Mm -hmm. I think this is a huge step forward and I think it's going to be a great game. I, mean, I haven't been disappointed by a little big planet game yet. So this should be pretty cool. Uh, next one was Destruction All-Stars, which you could see here, Ryan, if you don't recall the picture. No, yeah, we've been staring at it. I think that this game looks dope, man. Like, I'm not a big online gamer anymore. Like, never played Rocket League, never played Overwatch, you know, haven't played anything since, like, League of Legends, like, six years ago. But, like, this game looks so cool and fun, and it's like, it's like, speed racer met overwatch and you're in like an arena you've got like or no twisted metal meets overwatch is what people were saying you've got all these colorful cartoonish characters 
that probably have like their own unique cars that are probably somewhat customizable and you go into an online destruction derby and if your car gets smashed you could jump out of your car and try to run around and dodge getting smashed by other people's cars or try to jump on their cars and take them out like it looks like it's going to be a fun chaotic mess and uh you know for the right price at the right time i would definitely buy a ticket to that show uh so i like the first two quotes and they really do kind of stick with my <laughs> thoughts on it uh what and then cars go brr so that's <laughs> that's really where i'm at this game looks stupid uh this to me is a bargain bin game uh, uh i'm not a fan of it uh i really have no interest in it and it's just it didn't appeal to me man it's just combat game where you crash into things it's not to my to my knowledge from what i saw doesn't feel twisted metal to me i mean twisted metal you're looking at gore you're looking at you know shooting missiles and blowing crap up and you know bodies flying and flames and everything else this was pretty much like rocket league meets burnout in an arena mm. that's what it felt like to me and it just it wasn't appealing man the, the overall trailer itself looked dumb it did have that you know what you're saying that like Fortnite and you know other types of like crap games i don't like uh type of feel to it with the colors I, it's just not something for me yeah yeah i well, mean I, and that really speaks to the lineup i mean every one of these games we've talked about so far has been like so totally different like they're really gonna have a a very broad net to appeal to in these first couple of years yeah i mean i get it it's just not my style dude Mm -hmm. uh, not something I want. Uh, okay, so this isn't the next one, Ryan. The next one is actually uh, Kenna Bridge of the Spirits. Or Kenna Bridge in Spirits? Hold on. My notes are... Uh, I had lots of typos, Ryan. So let me get the Kenna exact... Kenna Bridge title. of Spirits. Bridge of Spirits. Okay. I had if on here. I'm like, that's not right. Okay. So yeah, Kenna Bridge of Spirits was the next game. And uh, dude, I thought this was awesome. It had like that open world feel... Uh, mixed with kind of like a Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn type of thing going for it. The colors were there, so it, it was just it was a beautiful looking game. It man. looks like a movie. Oh, like, dude. Like, oh, it looks so good. And those little little things were little so spirits. cute. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's giving me some of, serious Ghibli vibes. Yeah, I was going to say, that's exactly what it reminded me of. The little, uh, little spirits or mm -hmm. little black dust balls, which I have somewhere around here. Somebody made me them a long time ago. Oh, some little soot sprites? Yeah, I have some of those lying around. Uh, yeah, so this game definitely looks like an awesome action-adventure type game. It's got some great cinematics to it. Sounds from the trailer like we're going to have a pretty cool story, redemption-type art going for it. Uh, you know, it, it really had some good vibes going for it right away. This definitely, will probably be a strong... Strong pre-order title for me. Yeah, like this is... Uh, I mean, most of these games are going to be in that same kind of thing like I've said already, but this definitely looks like one of those games that a lot of people are going to pick up at launch and you know some of those games we don't always hear a lot about down the road like the knack of the cameos and stuff like that like i never really hear people talk about those kind of games much they kind of do what they're meant to do and then you know the console and developers pick up steam and they learn how to make things better and they make better things and they kind of get overshadowed eventually i'm really hoping that this is going to be a game that like sticks out a lot because it it looks so inviting like i really want to see what's going on in that world maybe more than 
most of the other games on this list is something that's like oh yeah i see i see what you're going for here and i'd like to be a part of that at the time yeah this... i'm definitely not going to be getting a ps5 at launch so I'm hoping that this is a game that I won't forget about by the time I get around to getting my own. I may get a PS5 at launch just so we're on top of the times and, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I would ideally want to have VR right away uh, so I can play some of my VR games on a PS5. But John, here, I'll help you out. Hmm. Get me a PS5 at launch. That way you don't have to worry about, you know, making that decision for yourself. You know, I'll consider it. I'll consider it. We we can potentially share custody of our PS5. Uh, okay, so the next big one, uh, I think, I'm going to say right out, I think it's going to be trash, was uh, Volcano High School, or Goodbye Volcano High School. Goodbye Volcano High. You know, the more I think about it, <laughs> the, first, the first quote you have here says, Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's a lot of people say, this game's going to make you cry. Uh, it's going to be one of those super casual games that you just kind of go through and you have like this teen angst storytelling component. It has like dragons and foxtails and everything else going for it yeah, in the it's overall like a trailer. Webtoon animated looking like they didn't show any gameplay at all. So most people are speculating, you know, it looks like it's definitely like a visual novel type thing. Yeah. And that's. That's not my jam. It's not necessarily a necessary or great launch title, but the fact that they want to spread out and put a game like this in the forefront with the PS5 reveal and alongside a lot of these, a lot of these games are like long standing, you know, just newest entry in a franchise and everything else is like, Here's a, a polished, next-gen, like, new thing. And then this is kind of... Well, this is all hand-drawn, yeah. is what I was reading. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like... It's not going to show you what the PS5 is about. And it's also not something that can rest on its laurels that already has a built-in fan base. So going for the inclusion of throwing something like this in and amongst all these other titles, I think it really speaks a lot to Sony wanting to capture as large of an audience as possible. Well, so I'm looking at some of these quotes here, and one of them says, uh, hello, interesting looking game. Definitely on my radar now. You didn't see anything about the game. You just literally saw like... Yeah, Thomas Franzis. Yeah, like, dude, you just saw some standard colors and pictures. Like, that's well, all you saw, I mean, and some audio. Like, It is interesting looking. Well, yeah, but you didn't see the game, so how are you going to say interesting looking game? Like, some of these at least had gameplay, or you saw, like, the cinematics and whatnot tied to it. This is just, there's nothing revealing about this. It yeah, gives me but, an idea I mean, of what it is, other it than Teenage probably, Angst. It could probably conveys enough mood to let people know, like you, if they're going to be instantly turned off and uninterested, or pique people's curiosity. Yeah, I mean, it's being promoted as, like, a cinematic adventure, is what I saw. Uh, a little earlier today. So I, I don't know. I mean, I have to see gameplay on this. It's going to be like Dragon Slayer, it, right? <laughs> a cinematic adventure where you now, die instantly. <laughs> now, if it has, say, for example, the same type of gameplay and same type of flow as uh, Life is Strange mm -hmm. might be something I'd look into. I, I'd be down to play something like that yeah. if it's the same type of game. If it's a 
visual you don't want to read yeah if it's a visual novel screw that i am not well, interested like are they even gonna ha- do they even make games that aren't like fully voice acted anymore is that gonna be a thing in the next generation like oh god i mean it's it, so floppy they could probably just have it speak for itself i mean there's so many visual novel games like yesterday i was at gamestop picking up some other stuff and uh as i looked at a few cases i'm like oh man this looks like a really cool case turn it over visual novel nope like yep. No, I have no interest in reading. I don't even want to read regular books. Yeah, right. Let alone like sit there with a controller and read. Like, if anything, just literally just make it a movie. Like, have it do all of the visual novel components itself, and then let me press a button occasionally that says "Do this," and then it progresses. Like, yeah. I, I just yeah, it's well, not my thing. Goodbye, Volcano High for now. We'll yeah. see what you have in the future. And just goodbye for me in general, unless you end up being okay. Uh, the next one that looked badass dude uh odd world soulstorm i've never played any of the odd worlds i know that uh i played the first one years and years and years ago when it first came out and i really did not get into the franchise after that and this is kind of revitalizing that you know that idea of like maybe i jump back into the odd world games and play that i mean i have all of them Mm -hmm. so why not yeah they were those were like uh cinematic platformers like you you didn't just like you the controls have like a little bit of a delay and a little bit of finesse to them right yeah i mean i've always looked at it you know in a similar feel to um to like skull monkeys i guess yeah yeah so it's it's a gorgeous looking game i mean the visuals were absolutely stupendous i think that you know is even for not playing it like the odd world setting is like this great like sarcastic witty dystopian dark you know and this is super corporate future where you're it's like everybody's expendable and you're just trying to do your best to to save your fellow people and you know trying to escape death at every turn it's definitely gonna be a fun game a lot of people are gonna have an awesome time with this i don't know if i'll be one of them but I'm definitely not turned off by it. Like it makes me want to try this, these games more than ever. Really. Well, we have all of them here, dude. So I've got enough stuff. I'm not playing right now, John. I uh, can't add that to my not playing list. Persona five cough, cough four. Uh, uh, persona four. Cough, Although cough. technically I'm not playing either. Yeah, exactly. I'm not playing all games right now. Take that. I'm going to take your Is phone anybody away. Else not playing all games right now. You cannot play ghost train anymore or whatever the hell monster train. Uh, okay, so yeah, Oddworld looks pretty cool. Um, if you have nostalgia for that, you're definitely going to like this. It's more of a kickback to the PS1 classics, they say. So definitely stoked, man. I definitely uh, want to see more of this game. I want to see more gameplay, and it, that's a game that I will purchase down the road. Well, and I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. I mean, they're always, you know, everybody's always bringing up, like, new IPs or trying to remake old IPs. But bringing back, like, some of these games that have, like, skipped a couple generations, like, especially, um, I mean, I guess Ratchet and Clank doesn't really count, though, because they just made that movie in that remake game. Yeah. I, it's good to see a lot of familiar faces here. Like, I like to see these franchises pulling, you know, pulling their weight in the new year and 
trying to put out some cool stuff. Man, we got a lot of games still on this list. We gotta, yeah. we gotta pick it up. Moving on. Okay, moving on. So, uh, and that's not to say that we shouldn't keep talking, but uh, you know, people don't want to hear us for two hours or yeah. four. Uh, okay, so the next one uh, that's on the list here uh, is Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, this was announced last year, and it looked a lot spookier. I mean, it definitely still looks spooky, but it's got kind of more of a... Oh, what did I say earlier? Um, I don't know. What did you say earlier, Ryan? It's Bethesda. That That's kind of my thing right now, dude. So, Ghostwire Tokyo, it has... A horror vibe to it um, going for dishonored. it. Oh, it looks dishonored. dishonored. Like, it, yeah. you could see your hands and you're doing... Or it kind of looks Mirror's a little as Mirror's Edge, too. Yep. Yeah. Mirror's Edge is kind of what I got off right away. I didn't even think Dishonored, although it's probably more like a Dishonored. Uh, but futuristic, horror-based elements tied to it. Slenderman. Uh, yeah. Headless girls in school uniforms. Exactly. It's got everything I'm looking for. Everything you're looking for in a game. Leave it to Bethesda to compile a whole bunch of crap into one game and, and the crazy mix visuals, it up. like yeah. the colors, like the the swirling, the digitization of stuff as you like crash your hand into people and yeah. suffer enemies. So, yeah, it looks pretty cool. We saw some of this last year when it was initially announced. Uh, you know, we got a little bit more here, a bigger taste uh, for what it's going to be on the PS5, but. It does have that Bethesda label going for it, and that's really a turnoff given what they've released. Well, if they're just released. the publisher and not the developer, we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll have and to And we see. might even wind up getting it for free if they put that uh, uh, that wrong like copyright protection on it like they did for Doom. Ah, actually, yeah, good point, good point. Okay, so the, uh, the next game, Ghostwire Tokyo, that was cool. Uh, Jet was the other one. Uh, so this, to me looked like it felt like superman funny enough while uh while watching initially it had like that same vibe as like a superman type of intro yeah but it really i'm seeing this as a potential not delving in too much into it and haven't read in any more since i watched the uh, the trailer is it kind of had like that flower type of feel to it yeah or exactly. a journey type game yeah. and i think it's going to be like a super short entry type game probably digital only maybe gets a release in a pack later on for disc based and it looked cool i mean it isn't something i would just like go and seek out and pay 50 60 bucks for but if this is like a virtual not virtual but a digital title only and it's five ten bucks i would play it you know it looks interesting interesting enough to be able to do that yeah so, did you have any other thoughts on it? Uh, not particularly on that one. I, it was just kind of, I mean, we got like 21 games, and that one just didn't really stick in my mind mm -hmm. as, as much as some of these others. Oh, wow, this list is all out of whack. Okay, so, yeah, they're not in chronological order on this list, so uh, we'll go by mine. All right, so the next one that we had was Godfall, and this was announced when they first started showing trailers of PS5 type stuff, and and really made the announcement. Yeah, that we've was seen happen. some of this for a while. Yeah, and I gotta say, this looks like absolute garbage. See, I'm gonna disagree. I think that I would be totally down for like, looter shooter is kind of getting, you know, mm, there's a lot of them now, and people dig them. Like Borderlands, awesome. I had a really, really good time with Destiny 1 for a while. Uh, being able to go in and do some, like, God of War or, like, Devil May Cry, just, like, smashing with swords and, like, stacking cool armor and hunting for 
cool weapons and stuff, like, I could totally get down with a used copy of that. Like, I don't think that this is something that I would ever need new, but it looks interesting enough that, like, for the right price, I would definitely check it out. I'm not. It, you know, I, I just saw enough within that gameplay uh, to let me know that this is going to be a title that it's quickly being pushed out to be able to get something on a console so they can sell it. That's all this is, is, mm. is how I see it. I mean, it may surprise me, but overall, I don't see this as something that excites me. It doesn't look innovative. It doesn't look like something that's different, like a lot of the other titles we've seen and reviewed so far. It's not even a day one purchase for me. I don't even know if it's a used copy after three months of being out type purchase. I might look at this when it's like 15 bucks, mm. and it will get to that price point. Those entry-type games always oh, they're go gonna print low. a million bajillion oh, yeah. copies of all these titles a hundred percent so you're gonna have tons and tons of entry level prints for this it's not gonna be worth it yeah initially uh okay so the next one that we've got is solar ash and so this is um pretty much by the makers of drifter and hyperlight drifter hyperlight drifter yeah so it's got like that same type of look and feel uh love actually, the art our friends at uh game grinder so church actually did a review of uh, drifter a while back mm. so definitely check that out on his page he did a pretty awesome uh, review on that game and he's super stoked for solar ash i think it looks pretty cool too it has oh yeah it just has like those colors that i've kind of grown to love over the last generation or two of gaming and, and it's it, got such a flow to it it really looks like a game where you can kind of like get into like a real uh i don't know some of those games uh remind me of like like when i was playing the messenger it's like it looks like one of those games where your movement is going to be something that you're going to have like really great control of and it's just going to be a game that when you sit down and play it it feels good in your hands like you feel like you're not fighting against the game at all and totally in control and like be able to just kind of zone out and enjoy the colors and enjoy like like that was so cool when it like started spiraling and then uh the character was like upside down looking out at the world like it looks like it's gonna be awesome yeah no it definitely does look awesome and if there's a physical copy of that i'll pick it up for sure okay our next one is uh hitman 3 did you ever get into the Hitman series? You know, I didn't. Uh, I've heard a lot of stuff about it, especially over the last couple of years. I've watched some content about it, and I would love to get into the Hitman series, and eventually I will, and this will just go on that list with the rest of them. Yeah, uh, Hitman hasn't been a game series that I've really sought. Uh, I, I think I have some of the games. I probably do. I don't know. It's just one of those games that never... No, I don't. I'm looking at my collection right now. It's just not a game that's ever been on my radar. I've never been a, a big fan of the franchise. I've seen videos. I've seen reviews over the years. I, mean, I used to read about it when I had PlayStation Magazine consistently. Just never piqued my interest. Uh, the game does look good. I mean, overall, I, I feel like it's going to have that Hitman feel that you want. And it's definitely going to be a lot of closure for fans of the overall series. I think this is the third and final chapter, really. I mean, they've had some spinoffs, I believe. Uh, as well over the years but this really does kind of close out the series they say and you know if you're a hitman fan pick it up i mean i'm sure you'll like it all right our uh, next one here is uh was it astro astrobot or astro's playroom i think oh yeah i couldn't see that on here you didn't see that on this no i was looking i think they're missing a few things yeah they this are. is that little 
robot from the PS4, and there was like some game. It's kind of got like a. I've heard a lot of people say like Mario Sunshine kind of vibe to the trailer. There's a lot of like bright colors and beaches and water effects and stuff. I don't know. It's probably going to be like a really fun like starter game. Like maybe, I don't know. It looks like a pack-in title. Well, here's the thing. Astrobot was a VR title. And it's a little guy from Astrobot, so Astro's Playroom. And that got really good reviews mm -hmm. uh, when it first came out. So I do know that there was a few other YouTubers out there that had played this game and gave it good reviews as well. So it was the Astro Bot was fun. This is obviously going to be a different take, I think, yeah. uh, with it not being VR. And who knows if we'll get VR. But it does have that cutesy type of appeal to it. It seems like another type of Sackboy type entry. Another thing to really get some of those family games on the PlayStation console, kind of deviate away from, you know, just the storytelling and gore and blood that a lot of, you know, like Xbox and PS4 have been a little more well known for uh, as of late and shooters. So this does look really cute. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely think this would be something that I'd be interested in playing down the road. All right. We're, uh, we're picking up some speed here. Uh, so Astro's Playroom, Little Devil Inside is the next one that we have listed. This is probably my favorite of the show just for probably the visuals and the scope. Like seeing this like cute blocky character and then like he like runs and jumps off the cliff and then all of a sudden he's under the water and like skiing on a on a penguin, penguin down yeah. the slope of a sandy hill and riding on like dogs through a desert with a big storm chasing you like the visuals in this game were like so my aesthetic like I really loved it and it looks like kind of a I don't know monster hunter meets Minecraft but without the crafting so Watching the trailer, and hear me out here, I think it's going to be telling two stories. And when they say Little Devil Inside, and you have the bomb drop, yeah, and then you hear the plop in the toilet from the old guy, yeah, makes me wonder if the Little Devil Inside is inside the old guy, so you're uh -huh. playing in the body of this old you're guy. You're like Osmosis Jones. Yeah, yeah. Like, I got that right away. I'm like, I really hope that's what it is. And that could so, be cool. And you're playing in the different regions of this person's body, uh which would be kind of weird or that like maybe his brain, yeah. you know, that'd be really cool. And so having like this older character that maybe you have that story component and then you play like this other character, little devil inside. And that's the story uh, for that character. So uh, that's kind of the vibe I got from it. Don't didn't, quote me. Yeah. We didn't really get like good gameplay from this. There were definitely moments that looked like they could be gameplay, but I'm always wary of those. Cause it's like, you can really show off a game to look like it's going to be one thing. And then it could be totally something different. So I, I don't want to get my hopes up too high just because, like, I love that aesthetic. But most games that fall into that aesthetic don't wind up being games that I really want to play. So we'll see where this goes. I mean, yeah. I'm going to definitely keep my eyes open on this one. Yeah, I'm keeping my eyes on that one, too. Uh, OK, the next one was NBA 2K. My thought is who cares? It's a 2K game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, bugs and bugs. Bug snacks. Bug snacks. Bug snacks. I keep like messing up the S. Uh, so what the hell? I love like, that. What trailer. is this? I love the music. The song was so like kind of like eerie in this weird and the the wiener hands like oh, that yeah. was a well, perfect joke. Oh, yeah. He's like, I have my wiener hands and I dropped the lantern to towns on fire again. What? Like 
it's so like the more i think about it the more i kind of want to play it yeah it's like, this it's just weird so, you are yeah. what you eat yeah kind of thing which i've never really seen that in a game except for kirby well and then kirby is what he eats well, this could have been a kirby game if it was Nintendo. well and you have like strawberry strawberry yeah. like going through and then it like is crawling is this some weird fruit pokemon uh, yeah right and then like oh there's a wild strawberry and he's got like the crocodile dundee voice yeah. going on he eats it and i'm like now you have strawberry hands like what the hell's going on here and cinnamon twist hands or something yeah. too so it's just uh, gonna be a fun bizarre thing it looks very like viva pinata yeah which i need kind to of in my get mind. into <laughs> yeah so uh, funny enough i'm actually looking for copies of viva pinata the um uh the second one because that one's a little higher price so i'm you trying to get find a bunch that. of them and then put them in a pinata oh that'd be a perfect idea and then i can live to destroy that pinata hence viva pinata mm -hmm. okay uh yeah so this looked pretty interesting uh at first i was like bargain bin title you know i'll just get it if it's on a digital sale or something like that i kind of want to play this now like i want to see more of this i want to see more trailers i want to see more gameplay yeah i really it piqued my interest yeah i've not played octodad but i've seen play of octodad and i mean that looks like a pretty good time this looks like a game that's uh it's definitely going to be just a fun way to spend some time playing a game probably with some other people because you know you're always gonna laugh harder when somebody else is there and this definitely looks like one of the objects of that game is to get you to laugh hard yeah now uh the next one that we have on the list here is of course the one and only blue point game demon souls we had been talking about this for months yeah we uh, talked about this a, a few months ago and i was wrong i thought that the only thing they could do that would be bigger and better than a remake of shadow of the colossus would be a vr remake of shadow of the colossus and and they disappointed me i was on the demon soul side of it i figured they would be doing that i kind of wanted legend of dragoon but at the same time to see all the legend of dragoon fanboys cry out in agony as the game was not created there's enough people that really want that that that's ever gonna happen no i, I agree with like, you like we barely got final fantasy 7 remake after like decades like yeah, right. nobody's clamoring for no Legend but of Dragoon, this is something people wanted. If Demon yeah. Souls. If you go on to the Blue Point Games Twitter and you look at like all the comments of like previous, you know, teasers they had, the Legend of Dragoon fans on there were maybe I don't know like thirty or forty, and all of them were just like every time posting gifts whenever like a Blue Point Games thing came out. There's like literally the same people on every single one of them. Mm -hmm. So. No, like there's not a huge enough following for this. It was a uh, it was a great RPG. I enjoyed it. I beat but it several years ago. You're excited for Demon Souls. I'm excited for Demon Souls. In fact, uh, I have noted on my notes here, uh, I beat all the other Soulsborne Sekido titles. Thank you for the Soulsborne Sekido. And uh, yeah, I want to play this one with you when it comes out. Yeah, I would love to play this. I've heard that uh, Vati Vidya put out a reaction to this, and he's a really good YouTuber. He's got loads of dark souls sekido like lore and uh stuff about bloodborne 2 on there he's got great stuff but he was pointing out some differences between like you know the original and this one and some of the uh you know things that might not seem obvious or might seem like this might mean that this will change or this will change but i have to agree like from what i've heard it's a hard janky game there's no way they're going to put out something that looks that good and have it play like jank. They're probably going to do a lot of like fixing and retooling and bringing this up to kind of that 
new pillar of quality that we have with the most recent entries in those series. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know what, though? I played this game back in it was college. Uh, so I would say probably about 10 years Did ago. Did it give you nightmares? No. No, I absolutely love this game. I actually, John's beat this... like, no, man, I beat it in one try, like one life. I yeah, right. <laughs> no, I actually beat this game on my own. I didn't have any help because when I started playing Demon Souls, there were no other players online, mm-hmm. at least not many. Mm-hmm. So occasionally, I might have had somebody come in for like a level, but no, I beat all the bosses on my own with this game. Uh, really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun when I played it back then. I didn't notice any jank when I played it. I probably would now. Well, I mean, back then it was probably more quality of the time and quality of the time has elevated itself a lot yeah so this game was awesome it obviously spurned the entire or not spurned but created in a sense the the souls series and we got dark you would say maybe it born them oh my god oh god and you know shadows never die (laughs) twice uh so yeah i hope that this turns into all right demon souls it's not it's a sony ip so it's not going to be multi-plat uh so i would like to see this turn into demon souls 2 by blue point games Eventually. Eventually. Well, I mean, Blue Point wouldn't make a Demon Souls 2. That would be Team Japan and the and that team behind it. Yeah, I know, I know, but we one can hope. One can hope. All right. Uh the next one that we have is Deathloop. We saw some of this, I think, last year as well. Yeah. Another Bethesda game. Yeah. It immediately reminded me of the movie Looper. Yeah. Right off the bat. So you were playing as one character who is on an island. And there's all of these like rich people, rich people and elites that their life is pretty much hunting this one guy and he's had enough of it. So he continues to relive getting hunted every single day. And there is one other hunter in a sense or, you know, contract killer that specifically like is, a rival assassin yeah, a or rival something assassin who's also him. after you. Yeah, exactly. So and, and it, it looks looked, like you could play as her too. Yeah, I was about to say that it looks like you can. So I thought it looked pretty cool, but it does have the Bethesda label. So I'm weary uh on it so if it's developed by somebody else great if it's developed by bethesda you might be looping for all eternity in a glitch (laughs) (laughs) so spinning in circles and flying above everybody i think this is my number two really yeah i i'm really interested in the way this game looks i mean it's definitely gonna be uh forever before i wind up playing it and i'm okay with that but uh i don't know the the aesthetics on this one are really sharp too and i really like the the concept i mean i've been so hooked on like those roguelikes and you know games like that that playing a game where you know it's that same kind of idea like this isn't a game that you're going to start and then go through and then beat like this is a game where you're going to like grind your way through learning how to take the game to the next level and find like the real game because most of those games have like here's how you beat the game but that's not really how you beat the game that's just if you want to play if you want to beat the game you gotta not kill this guy so that you can go over here and get this key and use it two levels from now so that you can go like on the real mission path kind of like uh star fox 64 like multiple branching paths and uh, much replayability so this seems like if you've got all these different almost looks like factions you have like the guys with like the dog faces and like these other guys that had this kind of like other look to them like if you've got all these kind of like different uh you know gangs or factions kind of all trying to come at you and you 
can use them against each other or, you know, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but I'm guessing that it's going to be a very like tight knit system where things are going to run on a schedule and you can use those things to your advantage because it is this loop as part of it. And you're going to really build into that. And that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, my thought is on the loop, um, you know, because he's supposed to be hunted. Now he has a gun and everything. Is it a situation where once you kill those elites and those rich people, are they able to respawn? And like, do you continue living that loop when you die? Like of those characters or once you've killed them and you start over your loop because you've died, does it, you know, do they stay, do permanent they dead? stay permanently dead? So I, I'd be interested to see how that plan pans out. I know. Uh, imagine why is it that like the boss, like the big bad guy, whenever you kill him, he doesn't come back. But like you could kill like many enemies in a game all day and they just keep responding like wouldn't the stronger guy be the one who's probably going to be able to come back yeah right well i guess they fall harder because they're bigger right i guess uh okay so next one i know you're excited about this is uh resident evil 8 yes village uh so dude the, the setting on this is perfect it's like werewolf no 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 like the small town elites in like this castle up above snow everywhere pure darkness it reminds me kind of like 30 days of night mixed in with like multiple horror genres like it looked awesome like i'm actually pretty stoked about this yeah i like that it's gonna be like another uh sequential game like we're gonna pick back up with ethan sometime after resident evil 7 chris redfield's back i love all the memes people are putting out there of like they just can't decide what chris redfield's supposed to look like this is like his fourth look and he's so stocky and wide looking like, I was like, this dude was in a Mr. X costume in that last game, right? <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's put on a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so the game looks sweet, dude. And I, mean, I love I... that, like, fake out where it's like, village, no, eight. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, too. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, my wife was uh, watching with me at that point. She's like, what is this? I'm like, it's Resident Evil. I'm like, we got to play this. We got to. No, I don't want to play it. Scary. Yeah. And. <laughs> Resi 4 is like one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. And then Resident Evil 7 was really a great game too. I think that, you know, going out into nature and going into these like these castles and these like creepy villages and stuff. I think that I like those type of Resident Evil more than I really liked. I like the RE2 uh, remake. When I was playing that and people say really good things about Nemesis, but I'm just not really interested in playing like a zombie game in a city. I think that the visuals look a lot cooler when it's like that dark and nature and you don't know. Yeah, like it, I would put it to if you think about this type of setting in a horror game, right? Imagine yourself walking in the middle of the woods in snow in pure darkness and you hear cracks and stuff in the trees like your initial thought is what the hell was that like you're freaking out so now put that into 3d audio through the playstation 5 mm -hmm. uh, with a headset and maybe vr if they ever announce it uh and put yourself in that same setting like that's going to be scary as hell like you're just going to be flipping out over just the most minor things so this is going to be pretty cool all right, what uh, else I'm do stoked. we have? We got like three more games, I think. Oh Two more games. Gosh. 
This is a uh, long one, folks. It is. It is. Uh, you should have just watched all these trailers. It would have saved you some time. No, don't tell them that. They have to listen it's to us. It's too late now, John. No. They have to catch us on all the podcast applications, Ryan. Oh, God. Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcast, uh, Podcast Addict. All right, where's the next game? Okay, uh, Pragmata is the next game. So, what the hell? Again. Pragmata? Pragmata? Pragmata, Pragmata, Potato, Patata. Let's blow the whole thing up. I have no idea. But, uh, basically, uh, end of days with a little girl robot that you fly onto the moon with. And that's your freedom. Yeah, it really reminded me of Prey. Uh, Prey 2016 or whatever. Like, it's on the moon and you have to, you know... There's parts where you go out into space and you're not really sure what's going on. And it's kind of that fake reality where the satellite crashes in and it's like, oh, no, we're like on the moon. Like, that's exactly kind of what they did in Prey. Yeah. And it was really successful and it was a really great environment. And I mean, other than this opening glimpse, we don't really have any idea what this game's going to be about. I really hope that it's an actual like in-game tool to make that cool like bouncy cage. Like that was neat. That it was didn't really cool, help yeah. too much, but it worked. Yeah, exactly. It broke. Yeah. And, it, yeah. yeah. I, I just don't know what this game is going to be, but I'm very interested. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see more. I'd like to see some gameplay, but it's again, like a lot of these games are just kind of like trailer, trailer, trailer. Awesome gameplay now. Uh, one we didn't mention, by the way, Stray. That, that Stray. wasn't on my list. It's yeah, Stray. that's the cats living in world with robot yeah and that actually looked pretty cool like playing as a cat and getting to explore all those crevices and everything like putting you into the setting of a cat a stray cat i thought that was a cool concept my wife wasn't excited as uh, i was if vr happens on ps5 stray would be a pretty cool yeah like trying to fish out of a fishbowl for cat <laughs> like you're gonna paw at things it would be great dude like come on you like look down and you could see the paws like you can usually see your hands in the vr yeah you're gonna see paws Just little like, paws what the hell is this like claws activated like it'll be pretty cool so i really hope we get some vr stray looks pretty cool um probably gonna be a digital title i'd imagine i don't see us being a full-blown like print it out put it out on shelves type of thing we'll see but we'll see yeah i mean and that is one thing well we'll get to that in a minute about digital stuff keep yeah, going yeah. keep okay. going next game last game ryan horizon forbidden west oh you're you need, excited you need to play zero dawn it was i haven't played god of war yet on the ps4 so i'll reserve my judgment for best game on the console but Horizon Zero Dawn, so far, is my favorite PlayStation 4 game. Shouldn't this be like Horizon First Dawn? No, why would or it be Second First Dawn? Dawn? It's a continuation. She's off into the, the further west into the United States. Like, the thing takes place in the U.S. It's in, like, Colorado in the first one, right? Yeah, so she's gone further west, which I would imagine would be California, I think. I mean, that's, I mean... Oh, can you imagine if they put her through Arizona? That's south. Well, she if it takes place in Colorado, she can go south to get to California. Come on now. Just take the uh, the 101 down to the 303. Yeah, and then she could take the 303 down to the 10, and then she'll take the 10 on over to California. Like, four hours of gameplay from there. Like, I think it'll be great. It's so, a long time to ride on a robotic deer. <laughs> well, I mean, if she rides on the robotic snapping turtle, I think we're all set. Right. Dude, the game looks sick. Yeah. Uh, the story on the first one was great. The... Um, the DLC was also fantastic in that game. I truly enjoyed it. I did a review on an episode, probably gone, what, like 2018, I think I reviewed that one. Mm-hmm. End of the year. It was one of my top games of the year. And it's still one of my favorite games. Aloy is a great character. Yeah, this is definitely going to be like a smash 
hit yeah. franchise. Like, and it kind of came out what like midway through the PS4 life cycle. Uh, kind of, yeah. I Maybe guess, a little yeah. later than midway. Maybe a little later, yeah. So I think that this being pushed towards like a launch or near launch. It's hard to tell because we don't exactly know the dates for any of this stuff. And who knows with everything going on in the world, what could still get delayed when. But I think trying to hit like a big homer with this one early is going to let them roll right into making another one afterwards. And like really kind of establish this to be like the PS5 franchise to beat. Early on, they're going to set a high bar because there's not really any other games on this list that I've seen that are going to be that type of game. That console selling, like, absolute invest all of your time and energy because it's going to be big, it's going to be expansive, it's going to be everything that you love from the first one and more. This is that game that stood out on that list, like more than any of the others, because it's like a new Resident Evil is going to be great, but it's probably not going to have the same impact as Horizon 2. Well, and here's the other component to it as well, is the first one is all about exploration and really understanding the world and the setting and the story behind what the hell actually happened. Uh, and then you have your key villain uh, that really reveals himself at the very end for the most part. Like you're going along thinking that there's this one villain and it's like, complete ass opposite of what it actually was mm -hmm. so seeing um that build up and enjoying that story and the understanding of this developing world now we have like this developed world like we have an understanding of what the horizon zero dawn area was and now we're going into the forbidden west mm -hmm. and so that in itself excites me uh let's see so that's it for the games that were announced. Now, I'll just mention really quick uh, some of the games that we missed uh, that are on this list. So, God of War 5. Uh, no, not list. They're not on this they're list. They're not on the list. I'm saying listing some of the games that were not listed. Oh, okay. Yeah, that were not shown, uh, that we want. So, God of War 5, GTA 6, and I would say another one would be uh, Elden Ring. We saw previews of that last year. It's a George R. R. Martin game that's supposed to be a From Software. looked pretty sick. Nothing on that trailer wise for this yeah disappointed yeah i think that uh i think they did a really good job pulling this together and showing off some great stuff and i'm not exactly sure that i'm disappointed or that i really feel like there's holes in that lineup i think they showed off a little bit of something for pretty much everybody like i unless you're like i only play video games for tetris like this might not have had something for you in it but everybody else, like, probably got a little taste here or there, and I thought it was really successful, and I'm really excited. But the big announcement, what it actually looks like. You finally got your reveal, right? We finally got the reveal. We know what it looks like. It looks like Seto Kaiba. I mean, <laughs> sorry. It looks like Cell's head. I mean, sorry. It looks like a router with two envelopes leaning up against it. No, like no, people already have PS fives in their, in their that's, house. That's all wrong. It looks like one of those, uh, fans, one of the, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 It looks like one of those big modular fans. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not thrilled with the look and I feel very confident waiting for the slim version to come out a few years down the road. Look to quote the great Christian Bale. Does it come in black? That's what we all <laughs> want to know. Does it come in black? Well, and, you were right about the multiple, like, versions at launch. Yeah. 
I told so, you. Oh, look, I actually was right on something. You were. I was. Now, I don't remember if I said digital only and uh, disc only or disc. That's compatible. probably my biggest disappointment with the design is that it looks like they designed the digital edition and then just were Threw like a disc on top, like opened it up and shoved a disc drive in there and it just kind of bulged out the bottom a bit. Like it really looks like an afterthought. It really looks like like why and I, I it's the first console that's like meant to be like a purely vertical console mm -hmm. and looking at um and it's also huge yeah if you look online and look up for a ps5 size comparison i can't remember who did it but what they did was they took the width of the disc tray and then used that to set a scale and compare it to like everything since the ps3 in terms of if it's the same size disc slot that'll be the same how big is this thing going to be it's going to be massive like there's going to be a lot of entertainment centers Th this thing is not going to fit in i can already tell you it does not fit in mine right off the bat it will I mean, not fit if in it's going to come up to here and be like half as tall as your old i'm pointing at john's got an old crt uh, TV. crt tv here like if it's going to be like almost as tall as that tv like where are you gonna where are you supposed to put this thing in your living room i don't know like at this point i'm thinking it'll have to go on the side of the entertainment center on the floor and then that's just risky because i have a dog in the house <laughs> did you see the pictures uh actually what you do is you take a series x you put it on the ground oh yeah and a glass and then table. you put a glass tabletop on top of that and you rest your ps5 up there i mean that's the proper way i think the series x i'll buy them just for some nice expensive side tables yeah uh yeah i mean i think it looks really cool personally i like the design i like the white look to it things flipping huge though so i think i'm gonna wait for a pro version or a slim version or something along those lines uh i, I want to buy it day one but i don't know where the hell i would put that and i have a pretty good entertainment center that right now fits a PS4 vertically and a 65-inch TV. Any bigger than that, it's not happening. And I wanted to get a 75-inch TV. Yeah. So that kind of tells you where I'm at on that boat. Well, and I guess another disappointment, though, about this was that there was no price and nope. there was no definitive release date. Nope. So We know it's holiday season. We know it's going to be holiday season, so we can guess, you know, probably very late October, early November. Yeah, and those games that they said holiday 2020 or fall 2020 are all going to be launch titles. Mm -hmm. you know, we already know that. So I would say, yeah, they're going to stick to standard late October. I think it's always been like early November time frame. Yeah. So everybody get excited. Stop speculating. It's over. Hopefully we don't have anything else to talk about PS5 next price week. Price point. So what's the price point going to be, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm afraid that it's going to be expensive. I'm thinking it's definitely going to be at like $599. i am thinking $450. We'll Sticking see. at $450, man. And uh, the main reason is I see placeholders right now for like $699 on things like, I think, um, PlayAsia had $699 and some other retailer had like $750. Those are placeholders, I mean, for sure. Maybe five fifty. I don't see it going anywhere above. You don't 600. think five ninety nine? When you hit six hundred, that's when it just starts getting crazy. Too floppy. Too floppy. Okay. Uh, this week's inflation deflation challenge that you we thought set we up forgot, in place. didn't you? Yeah, right. We went long, but we didn't go that long. All right. So we played this week. Um, Beatdown. 
Fists of, Fists Vengeance, of Vengeance on the Xbox. Uh, this one is developed by Kavia. Uh, we don't have anybody else on there, so Kavia made this. It was released in August of 2005, and get ready for oh, this. Oh, published by Capcom, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, Capcom. What the hell happened to my notes? Okay, well, either way, published by Capcom, released August of 2005 on the PS2 and Xbox, and it is a action RPG beat-em-up fighting game. It's Shenmue. It is. It, it, it's Shenmue. We were playing Shenmue this game for about... Mode. 10 minutes and i was like john you're playing more shenmue right now my friend yeah that's exactly what we're playing so it didn't get really good reviews it got a 4.6 out of 10 with some places 2 out of 10 of Eurogamer and uh famitsu i don't know what they were smoking probably because capcom gave it a 30 out of 40 uh so the reviews are pretty much it's a weird game four out of ten yeah we started off we opened the game up and we went into the 1v1 like fight and it's like roster style yeah you're in there. You got to pick three characters. I'm like, oh my gosh. Start talking Marvel Capcom. I'm like, dude, I don't like having to try to learn that many characters and like having to know how to like combo in and out of switches and stuff. That's like way too much. No, that's not what this is at all. This is a game with a punch button, a kick button, a grab button. That's about it. Think, like, think Def Jam. I was like throwing quarter circles in there and up downs and stuff, and I wasn't doing anything. I was trying to throw a spear to try and get you to get over here, but it, it didn't work. It ended up doing a roundhouse kick instead. Yeah, there just wasn't there wasn't anything to it. And then we went in and we started the uh, single player mode. Uh, it's got like d the voice acting was a little off, but kind of enjoyable in that a, kind of camp it was, way. It was a little shite. Yeah, a little shite. <laughs> but uh, it kind of had like okay visuals like it's always hard for me to go back and think about like all right this came out in 2005 what looked really good in 2005 like, graphically i actually didn't look bad yeah i thought it looked pretty good it was dark though and that's something i noticed with xbox games is they all have like that darker brown type of look going for that's them the for thing some reason. that was the age of what looks good well these things look okay but everything's just like cement and beige yeah exactly so because real life is brown so let's and, give and gray let's give folks a little taste of the story here so pretty much there's this mobster sitting in his tall building saying i have a mission for like the best four people and you grab your group of four people an irish guy some a couple white girls and somebody else i don't i don't know the full cast but they all convene in this one remote area and they see that their fellow mobsters have been killed and there's no drugs and as you look the whole family of mob is surrounding them from the top and evidently you learn that there's a traitor amongst you and you have to figure out who the traitor is so uh you go initially it splits all the characters into their own storyline so i'm guessing we'll have like different components of story right if Different we kept characters. playing eventually we would have run into somebody else's like this yeah. is what they've been doing exactly so uh you pretty much start with the one character who happens to be irish and uh it's it's a decent accent i guess and you finally find out hey there's a traitor amongst you and we need you to figure out what's going on and so you're so conflicted you're like what if it's a setup what if i'm you know so and so's a traitor no they can't be and you go in this whole like internal conflict on your own group of friends that are in the mob with you and then it opens up into like this RPG style GTA looking Shenmue game, which is with Streets of Rage third person combat. It's you walk it's up to weird. people on the streets and ask them if you could fight them and then you fight them and rob their bodies. And 
Yeah, and move pick on. Pick up pipes and... Well, the best part is it says X and Y. Y is to negotiate. X is to fight. You don't have Negotiation is not Nego the option. <laughs> it's not even an option. It's just like, it's there, but it's grayed out. So they don't like, negotiate with mobsters in this and game. And you literally just walk up to people and are like, fight. Like, that's it. Like, why? Like, What's you can't reason? run up and just punch them. You have to go up to them, hit X... And then, and then choose to fight them. Yeah. And then sometimes, like, three dudes just kind of run out of the nowhere behind you and join the fight. I don't think you were looking at it, but in the first fight that I did, uh, one guy was running from across the street and he got hit by a car and he yeah. flipped up in the air. And then you almost got... You did get hit by that I car. Did. Car stopped. John's fighting this guy in the middle of the street. Car stops and is patiently waiting for John to finish his punk off. They both kind of slightly move out of the way from the car and then immediately back in front of it. And it's just like... I'm done waiting and just floors it and runs them both. Yeah. Uh, it's. And then it, Tanya, it was, Tanya, the, uh, the rag shop or whatever, won't even sell the mobsters like us. So we're yeah. not even allowed to, uh, to buy from her new clothing. It's uh, a game that's definitely looks like it has some time spent behind it. And there was probably a team that, I mean, I didn't get the vibe that this is a bad game. It's just not a good game. Yeah. is what i would say yeah i mean and the fighting was fluid it wasn't like the fighting was bad i mean you when you're fighting it felt normal like you were clicking buttons things were flowing the way it should have um you know i we didn't get enough into the story but it looks like there's missions you can collect cash there's probably better things. characters than the starting character that are more fun to play as or have different options or move sets potentially yeah exactly so uh overall i I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't bad. I, I would have to see more of the game down the road to determine if it really, you know, fits into that 2 out of 10 and 4 out of 10 criteria. From what we played, I didn't get vibes of 4 out of 10. I got 6s out of 10 on that. I don't know. Maybe it gets worse. Maybe it does. I mean... It can always get worse. It, it could always get worse. I mean, there are a lot of games out there that could just get drawn out. I mean, it could be one of those that... Would you say it was about nine hours of gameplay? Yeah. That's what it came out yeah, to? Yeah, it's about a nine-hour game. Yeah, I guess it really comes down to, would you be able to play nine hours of that game? What we played, I don't think I could. And is the story compelling enough to drive it home to where you want to keep going? I'm going to throw all that out the window. I'm going to throw all that out the window, and what I'm going to say is, I think that for six bucks loose... Oh, let's just talk about the price real quick. Yeah, yeah. So prices, uh, we've got complete inbox eight forty four. Remember, this is the Xbox version that peaked at nine ninety nine back in December twenty fifteen. That's currently trending down. We got the loose copy for six oh four that peaked at six seventy five back in June twenty seventeen, and that's holding steady. Now, the most expensive version, if you want to be a big spender, is the PS two complete inbox for sixteen eighty two, and if you're a cheapskate that really wants this game and has no qualms at all get it for the pal xbox for 386 now you do have to own a pal xbox obviously to play that uh but yeah 386 loose. so this is what i'm saying here throw everything out the window about this game we had like a decent enough time screwing around with it for you know the time that we played with it i think for loose for six bucks you found this loose for six bucks and you're with a good friend and you say hey i'll buy this if you buy a six pack and then we'll go home and play it i think that that would be worth it on its own i wouldn't buy it for anything 
But with a good friend and a six pack of beer, it's totally worth the six dollars. Okay, so and it, then you can throw it like a frisbee when you're done with it for the next poor soul to find. So it's uh, just right then for you. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna look at it from a complete in box collector standpoint. Um, at ten bucks in 2015, if you pick this up, you wouldn't have done yourself a disservice. So I think at complete in box 844 average right now, 7.99 in that price range. I think it's just right. I think it's right at the price point it needs to be. If this is a game that you like to play the style, the beat 'em up RPG element type of game with that action mixed in. If you thought Shenmue was too polished. Yeah, then this is a game for you. <laughs> uh, so this is budget Shenmue. Uh, that's going to go towards our future series. Uh, so this is budget oh Shenmue. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is budget Shenmue. Uh, yeah, so I honestly would say at A44, you're fine. I think this is worth it at that price point. So just right. Yeah, just right. Just right. That goes into our grading scale. We changed that over the last several years, which, by the way, Ryan, I got artwork for our website that I'll show you later where, for our reviews. Uh, yeah. So, so keep an eye out on the website where you can see this artwork eventually. Exactly. At thegamedeflators.com. Check well, us really, out. www.thegamedeflators.com. Yeah. Check us out online on social media at... Oh, man, you caught me on a whim. I wasn't even thinking about it. Instagram, at thegamedeflators. Facebook, at thegamedeflators. And Twitter, at Game Deflators, because they don't like multiple words. And uh, check us out on all your favorite podcast uh, applications, especially the one you're using right now. Just keep using that one. It's working fine if you can hear me. And leave a uh, six, maybe ten star review, but if not possible, we will settle for five. See, year of the PS5, only five star reviews. Exactly. Only five star reviews. PS5. They're trying to get reviews. in your mind. Yeah. yeah you just... can go and leave Series X, X reviews. Yeah, it, no, that's 10. That means 10, which still confuses me. Series X, like, this isn't the Xbox 10, or maybe it is 10. Maybe they've had 10 different versions of Xbox. I don't know. They're just, uh, they're living in the future. They are, yeah. They're in uh, 3050, and we're in whatever <laughs> right? it is. Uh, okay, so that really does conclude. Wow, that's a long episode, dude. Thanks for joining us here at the Game Deflators movie movie yeah an hour and 40 something minutes radio play man it's been a long one it but is. we talked about some cool stuff we saw some cool stuff if you guys listened to us before watching any of this why and thank you <laughs> okay so uh this has been episode 84 of the game deflators podcast my name's john i'm ryan and thanks for listening